0: Hello friends. This is Brittany Geneva. I am back. Episode four, Mindful Musings. It's been two weeks since the last episode, so I'm still working on this whole weekly consistent podcast thing, but I will get there eventually. Um, but this week I sort of want to talk about, it's sort of a mishmash of like a whole bunch of stuff that has happened in the past little while stuff that was trending on Twitter, a video I watched on YouTube, a book that I just read, like all of them have like some themes running together. So I'm trying to like put it all into one thought. So my apologies in advance if it feels a little like all over the place, but I'm trying to bear with me because I'm trying to to form a thought. <laughs> so it's starting with what just happened a few days ago on Twitter I logged on in the morning as I often do and saw that black Twitter was a buzz about a guy, an influencer who you may or may, may or may not know, named Sam Whiteout. Um, I was actually surprised by the number of people who don't know him because I've been fucking with Sam Whiteout for like four years. Like he's this white kappa got some sort of notoriety years ago for being a white kappa. I mean, really, that was it, and he was shimmying all over the internet, but eventually he sort of became this influencer and, like, known for being an ally to various communities, so obviously the African-American community, LGBT, immigrant, like, anybody who's, like, not a white man, he has, you know, been outspoken and advocating for these groups and, and, you know, just being an ally, like I said. So, I like Sam, you know, if you scroll back through my Instagram, there will be a picture of us together at some party out in New York, because he lives in Harlem, and so, you know, I have been a fan of Sam since I first discovered who he was, but I know that other people are not uh, as enthusiastic about him, and he has had some problematic statements in the recent past, and it came up again. This past few days ago, like I said, and this time it was because of something that he wrote for um, a Harvard journal about African-American studies. So basically, he had he tweeted that he'd been invited to write um, a piece about wokeness and the importance of being woke in today's society. And it was for... I can't remember the exact name of it, but like Harvard, African-American studies journal, something like that. And so he posted the essay and immediately there was quite a bit of reaction. The first of which being, this is not very well written. so I'm like, Ooh, like I saw a few people saying, look, if you have that dream of writing, pursue that shit, because if this essay can get into the Harvard journals, so can you. But uh, the other big reaction was, why is Sam Whiteout writing about wokeness in and 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 you know things relating to what's going on in today's society with African Americans for an African American journal instead of an African American? So I guess some people felt like he should have turned down the uh, invitation felt like maybe, you know, it was obviously out of place for him to write such a thing. And I can see that, but the bigger, even bigger conversation became why is Sam white out? Even somebody who is at the cookout, you know, people always talking about inviting folks to the cookout. That's one of the problems. As soon as somebody white does anything that's reasonably, you know, human and thoughtful, It's invite him to the cookout instead of like, okay, well, that's what you should be doing as a fellow human being. But at any rate, he's been invited to the cookout. He has become someone who has sort of had a voice in these discussions. And a lot of the reaction was like, hold up, wait a minute. Why is Sam Whiteout even somebody who Harvard would invite to write this piece? Like, since when did this white boy become? somebody who can speak on behalf of African-Americans. And, you know, that's a question. You know, we could talk about that separately, how how much and how, how easily we let people become representatives and voices for our community without truly vetting them. Maybe they said one or two thoughtful things, one or two things that we fucked with and agreed with, and suddenly they're our mouthpiece. So we can have a separate conversation about why that keeps happening so frequently. And we do keep letting problematic people hold the microphone for us. But separately from that, there's also another argument that was being made about why he has kind of risen to this place. And that was the, that was the one that I had to respond to. That was the one I had to say, okay, let me get my Twitter fingers ready because what you're not going to do, well, look, let me just read you the tweet. Let me just read you the tweet. So Mr. Terrain Walker, I will bust out his entire blue check verified name, tweeted, don't be mad at Sam Whiteout. Be mad at yourself for creating him in the first place. Now, if he had stopped there, there wouldn't have been a response. I would have said fair. But he didn't stop there. Here's the rest of the tweet. Don't be mad at uh, be mad at yourselves for creating him in the first place. Y'all be on here ready to bust it open and offer your firstborn to any Chad who echoes woke talking points or dances somewhat on beat. It's pathetic. Now, sir, Mr. Walker and the other 1.3,000, 1,300 of you who liked it and almost 700 of you who retweeted it. All you motherfuckers can kiss my ass, okay? Because what you're not about to do is in any way, shape, form, or fashion, blame black women for what you might consider to be a problematic white voice. You're not gonna do that, you will not blame black women. I have been at, I don't know how many events with Sam Whiteout in New York and in DC. And let me tell you who was the first ones lining up to be on his dick, black men. Let me get a picture. Oh my God, oh, what up, frat? Let's take a picture. Oh, uh, Yo, noob. Okay, that was y'all, not us, okay? Look at the Instagram and Facebook comments. It's not a whole bunch of women, I'll tell you that when we had him at my last job, we had him out to an event. It wasn't just women talking to him, boo. If you want to say that black people should have been more thoughtful about allowing him to be a voice for us, then that's fair. But what you're not going to do is say that black women created some monster when black men co-signed him first. He is a, he is a Kappa. Some Kappa somewhere said, we fucks with him, we'll let him into the organization. So let's just start there. Those are men, FYI. Okay. And as his star has continued to rise and as he has continued to become more and more prominent, getting invited to these events, showing up, uh, you know, all over the country for various talks and various this and that, it's not just women, boo, who have been inviting him and happy to see him there. So it really pisses me off quite frankly as you can probably tell from the volume of my voice it really pisses me off that this person and the thousands who agreed with him were happy to say there's a problem and I'm gonna blame black women for it because look at the nature of that tweet he said y'all bust it open and give your firstborn to any chad who says something woke that is clearly directed at women Okay. And if you feel that way and you believe that black women are at the root of the issue, you're the issue. You're the problem. And that's what I meant to say. That's what I was trying to say at the beginning. I keep sort of having all of these interactions and seeing these things that are making me realize that Black men can be problematic as fuck and maybe that's an old, very old yesteryear revelation that I'm finally making, but it's really sort of like bothering me now at a deeper level because I I wrote the blog post a few weeks ago about that hotep dude that I met when I was out um, on U Street. Okay, then I'm going to tell y'all about this, uh, about a book I just read. I'm going to tell y'all about this YouTube video, this, um, you know, those grapevine discussions. I'm going to tell y'all about one that I just watched, but the essence of it is that there keeps being black men who really, like, I don't think I realized how deep it was. This pathology of black women are at the root of all problems. And it's really scary. Like, It's really scary for me to finally crystallize this thought like this is I know I'm late. I know I'm late as fuck to this, but I am finally crystallizing this thought that's like, wow, a lot of black men believe that black women are the problem or are the root of problems in our community. And they are happy to blame black women and state very clearly, like, not they're not even, they don't feel any, like, need to put a caveat, it's no, you know, well, no offense, but no, they're just going to say it. They truly believe some of these black men that black women are the problem. For whatever, whatever problem they've diagnosed, they can find black women at the root of it. And I'm just sort of in shock, maybe, of how much that has come to the forefront of my consciousness in the past few months. Even the last guy I dated, I realized after the fact that fucking dude was a hotep, like a deep, like very problematic hotep who fucking believed that black women should submit to men at any and every cost and that black men should be allowed to do whatever it is they feel like doing because that's their natural instinct, quote unquote. And anytime a woman is coming up out of her place and not allowing a man to be himself, she's the problem. That's what he believed. The guy who we met at the club or at the bar on U Street, that's what he believed and very clearly stated. He even went so far as to say it's okay for a man to put his hands on a woman. We asked him directly, you sound like somebody who puts your hands on women. Comment. And he said, look, black men have instincts and women just need to understand them. <laughs> Bitch, if that's how the niggas are thinking in DC, I'm going to be single for the rest of my full adult life because I will not ever Accept your natural instincts, if that's what they are. And newsflash, people have natural instincts every day. I have a natural instinct to cuss somebody out when they talk to me crazy, but I can't always do that. Everybody has a natural instinct. And every day we have to be civilized human beings and put that shit away. So don't give me that natural instinct BS. And that's what I keep hearing all over the place about natural instincts. Fuck that. I'm going to tell you what you can do with your instincts. You need to damn control them and act like a damn human being out here and treat people fairly and equitably and not think that they just need to be underfoot because of the gender that they happen to be born. I mean, what in the world is that? And then I was reading this book. So I just, um, from my book club, we just read, we were eight years in power by Ta-Nehisi Coates and basically it's a collection, sort of an anthology of different essays that he wrote for The Atlantic while during um, Barack Obama's presidency. And so there, there's a very strong theme running through all of the pieces about, you know, just white supremacy in America and how it has really sort of obviously become emboldened during Obama's presidency then to the point where now um, Trump has been elected. And... A, a lot of the pieces contained a lot of historical context and a lot of, you know, um, quotes and essays and, excuse me, other references to figures who were writing a long time ago and how their thoughts and ideas are still relevant today. And a lot of what came through is that there's this sort of black conservative strain of, you know, scholars and um activists and and outspoken black people who basically and black men specifically who feel that there is a golden era of blackness and i don't i mean when when was there a golden era of blackness in america like w- when have we not been struggling here like I, I don't i don't understand the premise of a golden era of blackness in the united states of america but okay so there was a golden era of blackness in america And during that era, men were the heads of the household and women tended the home and the children and Black men were able to make a good living and have a job and the family structure was in order and that's when the Black community was the strongest. Now, I take issue with the original premise that there was ever a a golden era of Blackness in America. But even if I grant you that, they're basically saying that that era was ruined when you know mass incarceration started and there started being other structures that took down Black men and put Black women in a place of running the household. And now our boys are, are jacked up because they're being raised only by mothers. And that, I mean, yes, a two-parent household is important, but the tone that they were giving was, the, if there's only going to be one parent, it shouldn't be the mom because the woman is not equipped, especially to raise a boy on her own. And for that boy to come out, you know, I guess the right way. And just so many, so many allusions to women doing something wrong. And therefore that is how our community has declined. And I'm just so like, what? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? That doesn't even make sense. As I'm saying it now, it makes less sense than even when I was reading it because I was like, this is literally false. Like, why are you blaming a woman for responding to, the, to what's happening in society instead of blaming the society that brought these things to bear, that created ma- mass incarceration, So I just really don't understand why this thought is so prevalent. And I don't think I realized how prevalent it was. So after I wrote that blog post about the hotep dude that I had met out and about, my homeboy who lives in Houston called me and we had a long conversation about it. And basically he was like, look, there are hotep dudes every minute of the day and you just don't realize it because you don't date them. So, you know, you wouldn't really have a chance or you wouldn't have this deep conversation like y'all had at that bar, but they do think subtly to let you know that they do believe that they are like on a higher order than black women. And when he said that, it really caused me to think back on some of my interactions and just some people I know. And I really was like, wow, like he's right. And this is a black man telling me this, you know? Who's in a fraternity? So, like, he has a lot of, you know, he knows. I believe him. And it's really, it's just, you know, I don't want the takeaway from this to be, gee golly, there's a lot of problematic Black men in the world, even though that is, you know, that is a conclusion (laughs) that you may come to after listening to this. But I think the bigger takeaway is, thinking about how we can not be a part of that and allow that to continue. I mean, if that is your brother or your nephew or your cousin or some man in your life, check him on that. And if you see that coming to fruition with somebody, somebody in your life, like, please don't take it. Like, please don't allow that to brainwash you into thinking that that is an appropriate way to be. There may be some couples, let me restate that because I'm not even going to say it's appropriate or inappropriate. If you truly believe within yourself that you would prefer, you know, for your man to be the breadwinner and go out and make a living and you tend the home and have the kids and have that more, for lack of a better word, traditional dynamic and that works for you and you're happy, then by all means do that. I mean, please. But if you are the woman and you yourself are the breadwinner and the man tends the home and the kids, that's perfectly fine too. Come up with whatever works for you as an individual and do that. I mean, it's, you know, I think the, the essence of freedom is to be able to do whatever you want, whatever feels best, whatever is your preferred way of living. If you could never see yourself being at home and you're like, I have to work and it's very important to me, then do that. If you don't want to have kids because that's not a priority in your life, then don't have kids. Like Whatever family dynamic, if you don't feel like marriage is for you and you just want to have your man and live y'all's life together, then do that. Like whatever you want, do. And that's what I want the thought process to be. I don't want black men to be out here telling black women, this is how you should act. I will act in whatever way is in accordance with my beliefs as well should you. But let me just say, if your beliefs are that black women should be underfoot to black men you and I certainly won't be getting along for any reasonable period of time, you know? So this is just, you know, it's a lot. Like, I don't know why I was so late to this revelation. I don't know why it took me so long to see that, like, this is sort of a popular way of thinking, but I have arrived there now. (laughs) And I am, uh, quite frankly, a little taken aback. I think that in the past, when I met guys who were like that, I mistook it for being woke, or I thought that they were very confident, but I think I was looking obviously I was looking at it the wrong way. And even, you know, that grapevine video I just watched, there was like six or seven guys, and like the majority of them were a hundred percent on board with like, "Hey, look, this is how the dynamic should be." And there was two guys there who were checking them. And I was like, oh, thank God there's two. And to be honest, if I was just taking them like how they were dressed and how they talked and sort of what they seemed like they would be from a very surface level perspective, the two ones who were talking the smartest shit, I probably wouldn't have gone for them. Like if they were in the street and trying to talk to me, I don't know that I would have gave them a look or if like we were at a party and they came up to me, I don't know that I would have given them, you know... The time of day, whereas the other ones, you know, maybe had a little bit more of a cleaner look or a little bit more, you know, um, I guess just traditional, you know, whatever that means. And so that is also like a wake up call to me, like get I need to get out of my head about what a guy should look like or whatever, because obviously some of these ones that look very nice on the outside have a lot of trash on the inside. And some of the ones that may be on the outside wouldn't necessarily, wouldn't have been immediately my cup of tea, actually, you know, if I can put that aside, there's actually a beautiful person there. So I need to, that is also, maybe that's what the lesson is. That's what the takeaway is for myself to, to look differently at how I look at people and look at men to find the ones who actually really do respect women. And the ones who really do see Black women as other human beings and not, you know, servants, I guess, out here meant to uphold the lives that they naturally, instinctively want to live. Um, So, you know, it's sort of just, it's been eye-opening to see the amount of problematicness uh, around me. Um, And, you know, it is what it is. I mean, Somebody could listen to this and be like, oh, here goes another Black woman bashing Black men. I'm like, well, if that's, how, if that's what you choose to take away from this, then I certainly can't change that. But, you know, for me, it's about let's come up as a community and stop looking down on each other and instead uplift each other and find a way to find a balance that works for everyone instead of one party having to submit to the other. So 25 minutes later, that's all I had to say. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, I would love your responses, your thoughts, your opinions. I'm on social media, Brittany underscore Geneva. And of course, you can always, I think I'm also going to write a, an accompanying blog post for this. So you can always respond to my blog post. Um, but Yeah. That's all I have for today and I will talk to you next time.